at once, you'd have no problem recognizing totalitarian systems and totalitarianism in itself. Regardless if you call it fascism, communism, or whatever, or any of the other isms, because all systems tend to be fascistic, ultimately, anyway, and the way they're, they're structured from a pyramid cap all the way down to the bottom. That's basic fascism. The true definition of fascism is when government is hand in glove with corporations, but private business. It's called public-private agreements and partnerships, which we're actually, we've actually got now. Back with more after these messages. fascism, communism, socialism, and so on. And technically they're all the same because the same, the same tentacles come out of the same head, the same hydra. That's how the whole system is run. Fabianism, which really set up the socialist system, which was really to take over countries across the whole planet, step by step, very incrementally, intergenerationally, over a hundred years, uh, they thought that they could bring in a form of communism, not run by the people, but, but it'd be a, a form of fascism at the top, intellectual fascism, you might say. Those scientific elites that had the right to rule, uh, and they called themselves the natural aristocracy. And, but however, they'd, they'd run the public in a form of communistic style, using eugenics and training Training was a big thing with them. They could train the, the lesser species to at least behave in a more civilized fashion. Very pompous and arrogant they were at the Fabian Society, and they were founded by uh, some authors that were prescribed authors, all, again, um, selected for their eugenical ideas and Darwinistic ideas on evolution, superior man, inferior man, and so on. And George Bernard Shaw, one of the founders, actually wrote, uh, 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 was actually a, a part of a book that was called Man and Superman. The whole idea of Superman came out long before Adolf Hitler. In fact, Adolf Hitler copied much of the Fabian system. The communists really brought in the same kind of system where an elite ruled over the masses, had them working for basically nothing. Um, and they called it, uh, say, communism. And they do it through revolution. The problem with that is everyone remembers the revolution. Uh, word of mouth uh, can spread a lot of history from generation to generation and is passed on. To, whereas with Fabianism, it's slow and incremental, so much so that those who live through it adapt to it and don't think about passing anything on. They think it's all quite natural. So Fabianism wins out at the end. And this is really where we are today in the last stages of a Fabian system. But it was never designed that the people would have a fair say in anything. In fact, the people really are looked down upon as being pretty well an inferior species. And I kid you not when I say species, because those at the top, especially those founders of Fabianism, believed that somehow they must have evolved in a great leap forward some distant time in the past. And we are the junk that's left over. We're the junk genes, you might say. Therefore, they wanted to bring in a utopia, get the people at the bottom to work towards it, thinking they were going to work for a brighter dawn, and eventually 
yet get the public to accept sterilization and accept the scientific uh, regulations they bring out to do with uh, forced abortion and all the rest of it. That is Fabianism. And that's also why it's very confusing to people who study the past when you look at the different systems of isms, they get them all confused. They don't realize there's a lot of crossover between them all, between even left-wing and right-wing. As I say, and it's because it's primarily from the same system. In fascism, they have these public-private deals where they bring them together, and often the CEOs of corporations go right into politics, get what they want done, pass certain laws to suit their company, and they go back into the same company again. That kind of stuff, back and forth, like musical chairs. And how can any of them serve the ordinary people when they're doing that? And they're all the big leagues. Plus, they're all selected by the Council on Foreign Relations, as Professor Carl Quigley said, and had been really since the late 1880s. Sometimes I'll read things on here. I read an article last year from a science magazine and I shot it full of holes you know, f- first I pointed out the holes and I shot it full of holes and they pulled it off the site overnight that's happened to me a few times and then last week I mentioned the eater the machine that the military was putting all this money into to a corporation in the States uh, they could live off all uh, kind of organic and waste matter including they said human bodies well as soon as I said that they pulled it off that night and they said, oh, it was vegetarian. It became greeny all of a sudden. Maybe, maybe, maybe machines can go green too, eh? But, and there was a big disclaimer at the bottom saying, uh, of course, the, obviously the, the government had got on the ball right away too to, to cover itself after this was exposed and said it was against the Geneva Convention to use corpses, etc., for this kind of thing, <laughs> to fuel their, their, their vehicles and their time. But in the, in the article, it actually said, it could have all these different functions, you know, being a destroyer, etc. But it could also, it could also um, be used as a platform for, like, a gunship or else a, a military ambulance. Can you imagine being the patient in the ambulance and this thing that runs on organic fuel runs out of fuel and it's got a brain, eh? What do you think? What do you think it's going to find the fuel to get to the hospital? Maybe look through the back door, eh? But that's, that, was, that was pulled, as I say. And, and then other articles you mentioned are laughed at by people uh, until the biggies pick up on it. And I often wonder, you know, is that why the biggies do pick up on it? Because they, they realize this is true, they check it out for themselves, and they make a big thing out of it. And for all the rest of the scoffers out there, suddenly it's true. Suddenly it's true, because, you know, the biggies say it. Big ones say it. And I mentioned before about John Holdren, how we should be very, very afraid of who has been put in with, uh, alongside Obama there. And I, and I rank them all the same. I think they're all put in there, including Obama. And when we see what they're really into, and remember the whole thing to do with uh, the, the greening movement and the sustainability and the Club of Rome's agenda, as they said, they had to create a new war-type scenario and be, be man against the planet, therefore man was the enemy. So they were, they were going to bring uh, saving the planet together with depopulation and eugenics, etc., to save the world. That's when they came out with the big Ice Age stuff. I call them novels, but they actually were supposed to be serious. 
and they tried to scare us all and governments at that time into accepting all of their demands to save us from a, an ice age. But of course, they'd have to they'd have to depopulate the world big time to save what was left of humanity in the process. Well, now it's global warming, you see, and the same guys that are into global warming were churning out the books back in the 70s on the coming Ice Age, and I've given the links to different articles that appeared back in the 60s and 70s from these same people. But here's Fox News, Fox News, coming out with what we've been saying here. Obama's signs are considered forced abortions, sterilization as population growth solutions. John Holdren, director of the White House's Office of Science and Technology Policy, considered compulsory abortions and other draconian measures to shrink the human population in a 1977 science textbook. That was eco-science, which I mentioned before, last week or the week before. And it says here, it says, uh, he, want, he also talked about the creation of a planetary regime. That's like global government, right? Planetary re- regime. That would oversee human population levels and control all natural resources. And you see, this is back in 77, eh? as a means of protecting the planet. A planetary regime. What do we see today eh? in this so-called globalization? We've got a planetary regime. We've got every government on board with anti-terrorism. Who are the terrorists? Every thinking person out there across the planet. And across the planet, too, you've got all these articles coming out mainstream media where God control the population level because of global warming. And who's behind it? The same bunch and same organizations and foundations that that founded this character here all his life through grants and so on to scare us about the Ice Age back in the 70s. Same boys using the same tactic only changed it from ice to hot air. Holdren, who has degrees from MIT and Stanford, and headed a science policy program at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government for the past 13 years, won the unanimous approval of the Senate as the president's chief science advisor. He was confirmed with little fanfare on March 19th as director of the White House's Office of Science and Technology Policy, a 50-person directorate that advises the president on scientific affairs, focusing on energy independence and global warming. Amazing, isn't it? They always get the same guys in with the same mantra, freezing or or warming, freezing or warming, depopulate. But many of Holdren's radical ideas on population control were not brought up at his confirmation hearings. It appears that the senators who scrutinized him had no knowledge of the contents of a textbook he co-authored in 1977 called Ecoscience, Population, Resources, Environments a copy of which was obtained by foxnews.com, the mantra of the Rockefellers, in other words. The 1,000-page course book, it's a course book, remember, for university and college, was co-written with environmental activists Paul and Anne Ehrlich. Discusses, and it says, in one passage seems to advocate totalitarian measures. Totalitarian measures. I wonder if people really get what I'm saying here. A planetary regime, right? And totalitarian measures to curb population growth, which it says could cause an environmental catastrophe. Words are so important. 
Words have been heard and dismissed by countless people in the past who have suffered because they ignored what they heard. Many of the communistic policies also took into account population sizes. I've talked about the Soviet story, a fantastic video which is out for sale out there on the net, which for the first time shows you that whenever the socialists took over, they did a massive culling program to bring down populations in certain areas. And everybody heard the words, same with Adolf Hitler. They said it all, but nobody would believe them. We better wake up fast. Back with more after this break. from Fox News on John Holdren, who's the chief science advisor to Obama's administration. A life, or basically a lifelong uh, advocate of reducing the population. I'd call him a yes man, to be honest with you, because they've used every means to get the public to believe that they've got to just take over and depopulate us. Uh, and so many cons in the past. And as I say, now it's... Uh, it's global warming. In the past, the same characters were about the coming ice age. But, it, but the solution to it all was always the same, to reduce the population of, you know, those pines at the bottom, the, the, the wrong sort of people, you see. We're dealing here with people who are terrified to an extent of people. And I think that really goes for totalitarians across the, the board in all eras. They're terrified of people. Insecure, you see. Especially people that they don't even mix with or have nothing to do with. They're terrified of them. To them, they are an alien race, you see. It's like when President Bush said to get advisors in who knew poor people. He says, I have never known or mixed or talked to poor people. I don't know what they think, he says. And these characters are the same. It's the same with H.G. Wells. H.G. Wells was terrified of the workers that passed the window every day on the way to the factories, the peasant class, he called them. He was terrified, because really, you see, he was only a, a step away from joining them. And he was a snob. He was a want-to-be. He's, he wanted to get up there so badly amongst the aristocracy, he'd do anything, and say anything, or write anything. Because he was terrified of hitting the bottom. Terrified of the ordinary people. As I say, when these characters talk about totalitarian regimes, planetary regimes, etc., and uh, mandatory um, depopulation, they mean what they say. They really do mean what they say. And do you think they're just passing time uh, in an administration at the top of a country? They're just passing time, do you think they're doing it? Or just bringing their hobby with them? This is no hobby. These guys are fanatics. They're the same ones appointed to every parliament across the planet. The optimum population trust as well. Same mantra. The least optimum population trust is all these, these rich white guys with, the, with the, the titles, sirs and stuff like that, and lords and so on. You know, the other type, the, the other species that's above us all, that come out uh, in, from special rules, uh, wombs, and, and they fall on silk. You know? 
They mean what they say. But we never believe them, do we? And every time people don't believe them, they suffer. These nutcases with fixed ideas and paranoid delusions. They mean what they say. And when you get lots of them getting funded by big foundations, given power, in this world, money is power. And they have all off the, they have access to all the media to put out the propaganda and television and all their nature shows and so on and so on. Then they can get their way. It says here that Fox obtained a copy, which was obtained by Fox News, of that book, Ecoscience, Population and Resources. It says here, it says here that uh, the three authors summarized their guiding principle in a single sentence to provide a high quality of life for all there must be fewer people. Now that's been taken up by the United Nations who put out a statement a couple of years ago that said we can either have 7 or 8 billion people all living in poverty or 1 billion living at the same standard of living that we're living at right now. So it's the same, see, it's all the same head that controls all of these characters. That's why they all say the same things. It's no coincidence. At first reported by Front Page magazine, Holder and his co-authors spent a portion of the book discussing possible government programs that could be used to lower birth rates. Plans include forcing single women to abort their babies or put them up for adoption, and being forced to, by the way, to read the book, implanting sterilizing capsules in people when they reached puberty. Implanting sterilizing capsules. Do you realize we're being sterilized now, and it's in the water? Now listen to what it says right here in the book. So they put capsules in them, implant capsules that would sterilize them when they reach puberty, and spiking water reserves and staple foods with a chemical that would make people sterile. What do you think of that, eh? And I give my mantra every year, people are becoming sterile in the West, have been since the 1950s. They know what's causing it. They end up admitted to certain things that do cause it. Not everything that they do, they'll tell us yet. But we know about the bisphenol A and stuff like that. And the synthetic estrogens that they put in the food. And make sure that you get your bottled water from plastic bottles. They give off those stuff. They put it in the chemicals. They go into women's cosmetics. They alter the male fetus at the age of 8 to 12 weeks, and he'll never be truly a man. They've known this since the 50s. So here you are, here, these monsters here, we're talking about this very thing, and I've talked about it before, how there are different teams working on this very problem, and other problems, how to even bring down your IQ and technically lobotomize that part that gives you your self-preservation. Make you nice and placid, easy going. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. This is Alan Watts 
through the matrix, just pointing out that these uh, paranoid freaks who have been well paid their entire lives by the big foundations, they're often placed throughout universities, are now into politics at the top levels in all countries. It's no coincidence they all get put on the boards of and and, uh, certain select boards and committees of governments now with official status. Now, government has to do with policies and social policies and planning. Why do you think they're on the boards of government when they are known fanatics for, as far as I'm concerned, genocide? When they want totalitarianism and compulsory sterilization and all this kind of stuff, why are they now suddenly all openly in all Western countries advising governments in an official capacity and getting paid by the taxpayer? It's like socialized medicine. When medicine becomes socialized, run by the government, it's now a political agenda that's been run throughout medicine. You better be very scared of that. It says here, a good part of the book is discussing possible government programs that could be used to lower birth rates. That was front page magazine. Those plans include forcing single women to abort their babies or put them up for adoption, implanting sterilizing capsules in people when they reach puberty, and spiking water reserves and staple foods with a chemical that would make people sterile. To help achieve these goals, they formulate a world government scheme. My goodness, they're coming out with it all here. Mainstreaming. They call the planetary regime, which would administer the world's resources and human growth. Well, that's what the United Nations has boasted about for years. It was set up to eventually be in charge of all the world's resources and and food as well, which they'll administer to each nation and force you to bring down your population because it will not put up your rations. That is coming. And here's these characters back in the 70s writing about it. And they discuss the development of an armed international organization, a global analog of a police force to which nations would surrender part of their sovereignty. Oh, it's all out in the open. <laughs> but it's always, see, it's always really been out in the open. It's just that if you ever read or quoted their stuff at a, a lower level than mainstream, you were laughed and scoffed at. Sad that people need the mainstream to tell them what they think. Brzezinski was quite right, wasn't he? Holden's office issued a statement to Fox News denying that the ecologist had ever backed any of the measures discussed in his book and suggested reading more recent works authored solely by Holden for a view to his beliefs. So it says here, uh, straining to conclude otherwise from passages treating controversies of the day in a three-hour, a three-author, 30-year-old book is a mistake, he says. So that's his excuse. Meanwhile, he's been, he's been working for a foundation this all to do with sustainability, population reduction, and so on, and writing uh, papers for them on how to achieve it. He's never, ever changed his mind. So I'll put that up there. Tonight. All these things that I discuss on my, on my talks, I put up on my site at the end of the show. The links are all just scroll down the front page so you see today's show, and you'll see the links there to get to all the different topics I, I speak about. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's 
right, right in your face now. But you know something? People will be distracted so quickly uh, that they'll, they'll be onto some other thing, another Michael Jackson thing or something before you know it. And uh, this will all be forgotten. And even if he's forced to move to the side, he'll still, he'll still be advising them in some capacity from the backstage. And don't forget, he's not the only one there. Don't ever forget that. There's a lot of them there for the same reasons that he was put there. And these guys mean what they say. They're doing it. They have been doing it. It's quite something, you know. We're in such vicious times today because we, as Huxley said himself, he said, to destroy the cultures would bring us to a stage where there was nothing really to hold any law and order together. Because culture would become so debased. However, you add that to other authors at the same time, uh, like Bertrand Russell and so on, who wanted to bring culture down to an apathetic stage of demoralization and degradation so that they'd grow, go quietly through a change into the new system. Again, the same system uh, that Mr. Holdren was advocating. Because they all worked for the same worldwide organization, you see. All of them. And at the bottom level, you've got people now who've been raised on video games and slaughter, who now wear police uniforms and military uniforms, who have no moralities, no religion of any kind, or even moral religion to fall back on. It's a psychopathic system we've been given by psychopaths. And that was explained how that happens in the book Pornology. Political Pornology, very, very good book on psychopathy, and how when there's so many at the top, they give you a psychopathic culture that we emulate, even if we're not psychopaths at the bottom. But also, it gives power to other psychopaths who are at the bottom, and there's lots of them too, but not all at the top. You get low-level ones who either become criminals or or policemen. That's generally what they do. And this shows you how debased we've become as we read article after article about the, the cattle prods that they now called tasers. Uh, it's just a taser with wires that electrocute people. And we're accepting this. As we've used it on cattle and animals all these years. Now they're using it on the people, which means we're all cattle, you see. See, that's the message that your subconscious gets, that we're just cattle. And this is from Mount Vernon News, the register. It's from July 16th, it says, uh, a federal lawsuit has been filed claiming that two Jefferson County deputies tased three children numerous times and assaulted another last year at the Southern 30 Adolescent Center. These children were about 11 and 12 years of age. Eh? It says the lawsuit was filed by the guardian of the four. I think I was going to tell you who they are. The lawsuit names Jefferson County, Jefferson County Sheriff Roger Mulch, and Jefferson County Sheriff's Office Deputies David Bowers and Lonnie Lawler as the defendants. It says the incident allegedly happened on July 4th, 2008, when law enforcement was called to help staff at the center control two 12-year-olds and an 11-year-old who are not the defendants. They were called on some other thing. And in the common area of the center acting out, the lawsuit specifies the three defendants were not the youth that prompted the call to the police. Without any physical provocation and or physical gestures from RE Deputy David Bowers, 
he physically pushed R.E., this is one of the, the, the children, R.E., they can't tell their names, towards his bunk and shocked him, this is 11 and 12-year-olds, pushed him towards his bunk and shocked him repeatedly with his taser. In other words, he electrocuted him, right? It says, R.E. was tased multiple times to multiple occasions on his person, including but not limited to his neck. Deputy Bowers shouted to B.B. to lie down on his bunk and physically, this is another child, B.B., uh, to lie down in his bunk and physically forced him uh, uh, to lie down. Without provocation and or physical gestures from B.B., Deputy Bowers held B.B. down on his bed and shocked him repeatedly with a taser. While he was tasing B.B., Deputy David Bowers threatened to sodomize B.B. Isn't that wonderful? This is, see, this is what you've got now out there. Do you understand what we're reading here? This is happening across. The, I've got articles like this across the world coming in all the time. The degradation of society has reached the bottom. And people are now sadomasochistic. The ones with the uniforms tend to be sadists. They get off on power. That's why they get in to the black suits. That's all they've been playing with as toys, as black-clad little toys with big guns who boss the peasants around. And they don't have a cultural morality to hold them in check. It's been destroyed. That was part of the big push that people like Russell and the Huxleys and all these characters and way back to the Wellesies were pushing for the destruction of existing civilization. This is the result of it. This is the result of the repeated and excessive tasing BB urinated and defecated on himself Deputy David Bowers was aware that B.B. urinated himself after the tasing. Shortly thereafter, Deputy David Bowers and Deputy Lonnie Lawler shouted at Z.P., another one, to sit on the couches in the common room. Z.P. sat on the couches without any physical provocation and or threatening gestures. Deputy David Bowers ordered Deputy Lonnie Lawler to handcuff C.P., this little child. I think it was a female was doing nothing. <laughs> well, Deputy Lonnie, Lonnie Lawler was placing handcuffs, handcuffs on ZP. Deputy David Bowers began to shock him repeatedly with a taser. ZP was tased multiple times to multiple locations on his person, etc., etc. And it just annoyed, as it goes on for about three times the length of what I've read so far on, on this sadistic getting off. That's what it is, you see. They, they get off on what they're doing to children. And here's one here from the Mail Online. Man bursts into flames after being tasered by police. The guy was sniffing gasoline. But don't worry, he was only an Aboriginal. You know, he was like a, like a drunk. That's, that's how they, that's how they actually pretty well spell it out for you in the article to dehumanise the victim. Same technique used in war. Dehumanise your enemy. A man whose relatives say he had been sniffing gasoline burst into flames after a police officer tasered him as he ran at the officials carrying a container of fuel police said today. Now the police will always tell you their version. They always must tell you their version, which must mean they're getting attacked, you see. To cover their asses. The man identified by his family as 36-year-old Ronald Mitchell was in critical condition at a Perth hospital Western Australia uh, following the incident yesterday in Warburton an Aboriginal community northeast of Perth. And it's common, it's like Canada too, with the same problems here, that where they're so... See, 
the culture is destroyed. When a, when a culture is destroyed, the people become self-destructive, and they're either sniffing glue, or shooting drugs, or uh, or sniffing gasoline. The same problems in Canada. Therefore, they're not productive, so they look down upon, and, you're, and it's encouraged to look down upon them by the big capitalist society that, in which we all have to work. When police arrived at his mother's house to respond to complaint, Mr. Mitchell is said to have charged at them while holding a can of petrol and a cigarette lighter. They'd have to say that, wouldn't they? An officer fired the taser, and the dart struck Mr. Mitchell on the bridge of his nose. Imagine firing it in his face in the first place. And he burst into flames. Police doused the fire which engulfed his head. He was later flown to Perth for treatment to third-degree burns on 20% of his body. Then they go on to, and they get all the, the, the higher cops there to, you know, the chiefs of police and so on to, to back up the officer doing the right thing and all that kind of stuff, as they always do. But the same thing with that diabetic in Britain about a year ago who was in a coma in the, in the bus. And because he couldn't answer the cops because he was in a coma, they, they tasered him. They shocked him with a cattle prod and electrocuted him. He woke up in the hospital. He's lucky he woke up. This is happening all over the place now. And then Britain's just given the agreement for thousands of these tasers to be given to non-qualified police officers, kind of like aides and helpers. It's really something, isn't it? It's really something to watch this time. And we're allowing it all to happen. We're allowing all this to happen. Because the public have forgotten that government's supposed to listen to them. And they've been deliberately led along that path to make them forget the government's supposed to work for them. Now they accept they're being governed and ruled. Ruled is the word, really. Exactly what they wanted us to believe and wrote about it years ago in very old, dusty books that aren't read anymore. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll go to the callers now and we'll see who's there. There's Kevin from Texas. See there, Kevin? Okay. Is uh, Joe there from Arizona? Hello? Hello. This is Joe. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Yes, sir. Um, yeah. uh, I was I was wanting to let you know, last night, um, uh, I'm in Phoenix, and at, at 10 o'clock last night on the History Channel, and I don't know if you can trust the History Channel, but they went through and explained how HARP was in uh, Alaska, in Norway. There was five different locations, mm-hmm. and how they were, you know, um, bulging the ionosphere. And they were at, back in 1952, they uh, created uh, 90% more rain in some part of Europe where they actually washed bodies out to sea. Mm-hmm. And um, they're they're talking. They were talking about. They were showing actually on TV. The, the the plane spraying uh, um, iodine uh, and and regular plane spraying and crisscrossing the scru- cri- uh, excuse me crisscrossing the sky mm-hmm. and uh, showing how they could do earthquakes they showed uh, the uh, the trail of uh, a Katrina doing a ninety degree angle into New Orleans they were showing this all on TV mm-hmm. I've I've been listening to you for probably about three and a half years now and I don't have to listen to you no more I mean I 
because they're they they're telling us now. Yeah, it's in your face. You can watch the regular news, and they're not scared to say it. They're not they're, scared. They're not scared. You're, you're right because they they know that the public are so dumbed down, and literally, I mean, physically, brain damaged, deliberately. I was I was sitting. Uh, I went across the street uh, to a friend's house who's. He's 70 years old, worked for the Department of Defense, and I showed him the, the you know, the crisscrossing in the sky, and, and, and in Phoenix, you know, it gets very hot, it's 115, and, you know, condensation doesn't just, you know, hang in the sky, I mean, it dissipates, yeah. and, and uh, he didn't, he's like, well, I won't probably believe that, and when I went over and, and showed him, I said, turn it on to channel 61, look at this, and he just, his mouth dropped, and he tried to get a hold of his son to, to to tell him to watch the channel, and it, they, they, I said they're not scared to tell us anymore about what they're doing. They don't care. They, they know that we know, and they don't really give a crap. But you're right. You're right. Absolutely, because they have damaged the public, and the public can't react anymore. And they, they were talking about, uh, if I could hold over. Yeah, hold over, and we'll come back after this break. documentation and they were showing uh weather war uh they were showing uh the fact that you know they were highlighting the areas of there was weather war uh going on and that uh, other countries had agreed not to use it against each other but what they were doing in vietnam is they were they were seeding uh cloud seeding the ho chi Minh trail so all the uh the north vietnamese could not drive their vehicles down the ho chi Minh trail because it was you know so much mud and rain mm -hmm. and uh uh, there, the stuff that they they showed last night. I mean, I wish you guys could get a a clip of it to show on your yeah, website. Someone's copied it. Maybe they can send me a copy. Yeah, I I didn't get it, but uh, it was unbelievable. It was in your face. There was they 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 went through so much detail. They showed how exactly the uh, the uh, the upper uh, uh, what is it the uh, the jet stream. Mm -hmm. How how it was flowing from from west to east, and they actually changed it, flowing from east to west. Yes, and I've seen that happen even on the regular media in the past five or six years, where suddenly you'll see it going off in these weird tangents and never did before, and no comment made by the guy on television at all. Right, nothing. Mm -hmm. And it says actually in the Weather Warfare Treaty that they signed at the United Nations back in the 70s that they can cause earthquakes, they can cause tsunamis. Exactly, and, and they uh, did they the same thing last famines. night famines, the droughts uh, in certain areas, and uh, destroy your farming, uh, all of those things 
And it also said they can, they can bring the jet stream right down to ground level if they need be or, or, or direct it in any direction they wish to. That yep. was a, something that was a done thing and proven. And you don't do it, you don't write it into a treaty unless you've already done that, you see. Exactly. And at the end of the, uh, the, at the, end of the show, they said, you know, whoever controls the weather controls, you know, controls, uh, you know, the, the, the world. Yes. They do. Uh, what they're doing right now is they're hitting our Midwest where all our food is being grown. And the same in Canada. You get it at the same time as we get destroyed up here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, I mean, if they can, if they can, you know, uh, seed the clouds or create, you know, rain, they can put the fires out in California. Of course they can. Yeah. And they don't want to. And they don't want to. Uh, not only that, uh, in British Columbia, they had a fire going there for about two or three years solid. And uh, it was started by the Ministry of Forestry Departments as a controlled burn, but right. they were using harp and all the rest of it. And you could actually see thunderbolts coming out of clear skies. It was so hot and intensely <laughs> hot over it and, and setting fire to the trees. That was harp was going. And shortwave enthusiasts could pick it up on their shortwave radios this right. coming. Uh, so this has been in use for quite a few years now. Like I and said, 1952 is when uh, they were showing the first use of it. Uh, 90% more rain in this area, and it was actually washing bodies out to sea. Yes, and also don't forget the other part of it that's invisible, uh, and that's what it does to the, the minds of the people. Uh, they can direct it on the people's minds, and uh, they've already had reports. I think it was Maine that tested out to see what would happen, and they found it could actually increase depression and suicide or turn the frequency a little bit different, a different frequency, and get aggression even from domestic animals. They did a complete study on the people there. So they, you can have, this is a technotronic era. So how do we fight these guys, man? I'll tell you, um, it won't work by simply pleading with them. Oh, we, you know, I don't know. We got we to gotta all get together and do something. That's right. All right, love you, brother. Thanks for calling. Well, from Hamish, myself, Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.